0: Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service.
1: Stand to your feet if you would, please. Father, I'm asking that your people would hear your voice today. I'm asking that your word would help us. I reiterate again our petition that we need you to heal our land. We need you to move on our behalf. We need you to bring about change. We need you to intervene. In Jesus name, and all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. It is a it is a unique time to say the very least in the United States of America. I've had conversations all week long with people from different backgrounds, people in different professions, people in different positions, people with different education backgrounds, people with different uh, racial, uh, people in, with different uh, different race than me, people with the same race as me. And undoubtedly, we are in a time that history will look back on and it will be a time when things are different from this point forward. Even though right now it doesn't feel like a point in time because we're still in the middle of so much uncertainty. History will look back at what we are going through right now as a nation and it will be a point that uh, change is made in Some form or fashion. With that regard. It does not. Under any circumstances. Change. The word of the living God. So what I mean by that. Is. I'll speak for me for just a second. I am a Bible man. Period. I've already decided I will live and die by this book. I've already decided long before this moment, long before any of the atrocities that we see with George Floyd, God rest his soul and God somehow give peace to his family. I could not in a million years imagine what it would look like to have your son's murder played on television and on every single human being's phone around the world for 24 hours every single day of the week. I have no idea what that would feel like and in the name of Jesus Christ, I will never know personally what that feels like. I have no I have no other words other than It could not be more wrong. It could not be, in my opinion, and the opinion of every person that I have talked to, and it's very unusual when all the news media agrees on a thing. And I have not seen, and I, I have not seen anybody declaring that what happened to George Floyd is not an atrocity and wrong. So I think it is a very common understanding to know that level of atrocity. But as a Bible person, it doesn't end there. What I mean is, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Somebody say truth. The Bible is true from the front cover to the back cover, but outside of the Bible, more than one thing can be correct at any one time. It can be Tuesday and the day before Wednesday. That's two different statements that are different, yet both accurate. So at the exact same time, you can not prefer a method that is being employed and still be totally against what may have stimulated the method that is being, per- that is being uh, followed. In other words, under no circumstances do I agree with a man being murdered in the street With his hands behind his back. But at the exact same time. I can say it is not right to destroy a city. That you live in. That does not mean. That I do not understand. Why you are angry. Or seek to understand why you are angry. And do everything within my power to sympathize, empathize, and even be a part of bringing about change, it does not mean that I have to turn and say, because this one thing is correct, all the incorrect things happening are now justified. Because, not because I am a white man, not because I am a black man, not because I am, in my case, a pink man, praise the Lord, but because I am a Bible man. I do not have the luxury of following a God that says do everything in order and then decreeing that things done out of order are okay, I don't have that luxury because I don't set my own belief structures. This book sets my belief structures. And my belief structures say, I am called to love my neighbor like I love myself. So when you say like you love yourself... I do not think it is unlawful to put in that context how you love your family because many of you would walk in front of a bullet for your family without even thinking about it. Matter of fact, I would argue every single human in this room watching this live stream and listening to the replay would walk in front of a bullet for their family. So how you love at that level is how God is calling us to love other people. And right now in society... We have cracks and crevices that are there and have been there for generations. They are not new to America, but they are America's cracks and crevices. What we see is not new anywhere. You just have to get far enough in history to be able to see it. Right now, we are still a very young nation globally and in 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 the sphere and the lens of history at large. And what we have to have, what we must have is all nations, in other words, all backgrounds loving one another like we love our own household. That does not turn a blind eye when somebody is doing something they shouldn't do, but nobody in their right mind, and especially not a Christian, should turn a blind eye to somebody being executed in the street with their hands behind their back. So it changes you when you say this is right. Not where I'm from is right. Not what my grandpa used to say is right. Not what my mama used to say is right. If it doesn't line up with this book, it is not right. And as a Christian, you relinquish all of your opinions to say, I am putting them in line with this book. And God said, matter of fact, his whole plan was a kingdom, not a bunch of differences. His whole plan was for us to be blood bought and for us to be blood stained, not for us to be paying so much attention to the color of our skin that we lose the crimson color of the blood of Jesus. But that doesn't mean that as a Christian that is blood stained and blood bought, I can watch atrocities and systemic shortcomings for people that do not share my skin color and act like they don't exist. Somebody has to stand up and say the word of God is true. And if a cop perpetuates something heinous like that, they got to be brought to justice. And if somebody that's not a cop does something like that, they got to be brought to justice. But all these blanket statements of have to go away unless the blanket statement is the son of God sets us all free. And that's the only thing that is true. That is finite in this world. Christians got to stop giving other Christians a thousand ultimatums about what they have to believe in order to be a Christian. The only thing a Christian has to believe to be a Christian is this book and all the other little things all the other little things are points to be argued, debated, discussed, but they are not to be divisive indefinitely in the body of Christ because on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says that every single nation on the planet was represented. I get so, I get so frustrated when I find something in myself. That doesn't honor Jesus well. And I get even more frustrated when I realize it was something I was blind to for years. And now all of a sudden, something I might have had a disposition to or to believe might have hurt somebody that doesn't have the exact same background as me. That doesn't mean That everybody's life experience is wrong and it doesn't mean just because somebody with the opposite skin color that you have or a different skin color that you have that you have to immediately agree with them because they have an opposite skin color, I have to immediately agree with them. But it does mean if you have a different skin color, you probably have some pretty significant different life experiences. I've never been pulled over and feared for my life. So I don't have that life experience, but that doesn't mean I am incapable of sympathizing and desiring change for somebody who has had that experience. We're not a bunch of idiots. We are Christians. And all these flamboyant ultimatums of if you don't say this or do this or act this way, then you're not Christ-like. That's not what the Word says. I know this book. And I will give my life a hundred times over for this book. But at the end of this thing, change is coming. And a part of the problem in all of this is each individual opinion uses a brush when sometimes we should be using a pinpoint to identify. And in each individual scenario, in each individual time, Every opinion has an us or them element to it. But that's not God's plan. God's plan is a church that looks like this church. God's plan is a body of believers that choose to believe this book Above everything else. And Jesus is a choice. If you don't want to love people, I wish you would stop saying you're a Christian because that's part of it. You don't get to decide who you love when you become a Christian. These are command mints. They are commands of our God. So when you talk about I love people but. When you put the but you made it your opinion and not his commandment. But at the exact same time, love doesn't mean I agree with everything I see. It it doesn't mean that there's an agreement to overlook. Man, I just feel like holding this today. It doesn't mean that there's there's an agreement just because I refuse to throw somebody in hell because they did something. One way or the other. What it does mean is I don't get to set the guidelines of being a Christian. I choose to be a Christian and follow the guidelines of being a Christian. Which is one of the travesties when you become a Christian and you stay an inch deep in your faith for 20 years. Because The only thing you really comprehend is Jesus loves me and saves me, but you don't understand what he asks of you in exchange. It is a life for a life. He gave his life and he expects us to give our life to a cause, to a purpose, to a vision, to a set of values. If you want to know what you're seeing, there's a thousand facets and factors. And I don't even think it's lawful to boil it down, but to boil it down into its fundamental concept, you are seeing demonic activity play out in front of your face. Murder is demonic whether you have a badge or not. And to say that I completely reject that does not mean I completely reject all law enforcement. It's to say that that is outlandishly heinous and could never, should never, ever be tolerated and change should be implemented to do our best to try to hope that that stops happening. It's demonic. But a group of people celebrating over a burning building that they didn't build and screaming about it with masks on their face and kicking things in and spitting on people is demonic. That does not mean that I disagree with people who are protesting against uh, injustice. I could not agree more with protesting against injustice. But that doesn't mean that one one line of thought negates somebody's ability to understand, empathize, and even desire another line of thought. I could not agree more with the concept that black lives matter. And I do not think it a valuable argument to jump up and scream, but all lives matter. Of course, all lives matter, but that doesn't mean I need to stop what I'm doing, loving people and pointing them to Christ and try to make somebody out like they're wrong just for saying black lives matter any more than if I said white lives matter or brown lives matter. None of those statements are incorrect. And when each one of those true statements becomes a "but," you should have said this. Listen, that is the definition of looking at a speck in somebody's eye when you got a log in your own. Why do we care what everybody else says? Why do we why do we hang everything on what everybody else says? A part of it is fanned by a media that whether you like Fox News or CNN or any of the other ones, every single one of them has a bend to it. You can ask my wife. I watch about five channels on every topic searching for, is there anything true? Is there anything correct? Because at the end of all of this, I don't want the world to burn. But I'm not of the world. I'm here. But I'm not of the world. So the value of me. Putting. Constant opinion. On topics. That are. Over 200 years in the making. And ignoring an experience life. That is drastically different than yours. That caused you to be a certain way. This is one of the things at New Heights Church. That we work fiendishly at. To try to look and not look at what somebody has said or what somebody has done, but to be sy- sympathetic at a minimum to the fact that whatever position and condition they're in, they didn't get here today. If you want to know how God provides such grace, it's because he knows everything you've been through. It's a lot easier to to understand a lady that says all men are pigs when you find out her ex-husband beat her. It's all men are not pigs, but you can understand that position when you see a little more of the background. It doesn't make that position right but at the exact same time, it, it helps the person that has not had that experience to understand better when you understand what the other person has experienced, even if it's in part. On the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter number two, verse one, the scripture goes and begins to paint the picture of of everybody being in one mind and one accord. And as it goes through the first few verses, it talks about a rushing mighty wind. It talks about cloven tongues of fire. It talks about people prophesying and speaking in other tongues. It talks about them being so passionate that they poured out into the street. And as they poured out into the street, people questioned whether or not they were even for real. When's the last time you loved at a level that somebody said, are you even for real? I remember being around a man of God when I was in my teens and I spent five years just wondering, can this even be for real? Can you really love people like that? I had never seen it. I had never seen somebody take so much criticism and return it with love. I've never seen it. I didn't understand it at the level that I was watching. And I constantly ask, could it be for real? In hindsight, it sounds like the book of Acts. Is this for real? When the church begins to look at the world through the eyes of love that say, I don't have to agree with you, but I am sympathetic. Sympathetic. With your position, because I understand you didn't get there today. You are a ball of your own decisions and you are a ball of the experiences that life has brought you, and that is what makes you who you are in this given moment. And every person in this room and every person watching online will be different five years from now, and in Jesus' name, five minutes from now. Where the change begins to come here. But here's the reality of the situation. We preach change. We want change. But let me make this very clear. The church of the living God did not do any of this. That's the other segment that gets brought up all the time. What's the church going to do? The church didn't put its knee on anybody's gum neck. We wanna be a part of the solution, but the world uses an opportunity to blame the church for everything. Where's the Christian leaders? What are you talking about? We didn't kill anybody. We didn't kick in any windows. Of course we want change and we're willing to preach it Teach it, talk about it. But if the if the church continues to bite the line that is hanging in front of its face of where's the church? The church has always been here. The church will be here when this thing is over and the church is the one thing that the gates of hell will not prevail against. And if you keep letting the the people outside the church dictate of what the church ought to be doing, you ought to be saying the church ought to be doing exactly what's in this book is what the church ought to be doing. But where's the church? The church is right here. The church hadn't gone anywhere. The church is who buries those that die. The church is who reads eulogies for people that never darkened the door of their building. The church is who picks up and prays for people that have never said yes to Jesus in hopes that in their last moment we can coax them to maybe squeeze our hand if you want to accept Jesus before they dive into eternity after living a hellish life. That's who the church is. The church didn't do any of this. And all these concepts of, well, if you're not doing this, then you're not a Christian. They don't get to dictate what a, what a Christian is. And conversely, I don't get to dictate what a Christian is. This book gets to dictate what a Christian is. So as we go through this, before we close in service today, we're going to pray. And we're going to pray for healing. And we're going to pray that God would heal our Lamb. But we are not going to. Let, let me tell you something. Y'all know Jake. He's liable to cuss you out just as soon as look at you. If he cusses you out, should I repent? You hear how simple that is? It destroys ninety percent of the news headlines you've seen. If I cuss out Zeus, Zeus should should boy, you put a Z on it. It's hard to talk after that. Should Zeke repent? One of the itemizations in our Bible is you repent for your sin. That doesn't mean that I don't want to be a part of change just because I refuse to repent for something somebody else did. It doesn't mean I don't want to be a catalyst for change just because... I I don't find it in the scripture where I'm supposed to repent for somebody else's sin. My sin I will repent for, and the instant it is exposed, I will do my best to repent of it. But I can't repent for you. That's the whole concept of actually being saved. You have to believe, you have to confess. You have to make the decision for your life. That's the word of God. So if you flip it and say, you have to repent for everything that everybody else has ever done. That is outside of the word of God. At the same time, it doesn't mean that you are not, should not be sympathetic, empathetic and desire change and to be a catalyst for change and to help with change, but it doesn't mean it's your responsibility to repent for something you didn't do. That's outside of this book. Are we talking, are we talking socioeconomics exclusively or are we talking the kingdom and the book that the kingdom represents? Because this is what I hang my hat on right here. I'm not going away from it. And I'm using I, I, I. Not because I want everybody to hear me say I all day. I want you to have a picture of what this book actually says. So that we don't continue to let the world influence and influence. And infiltrate the church to the point where the church becomes nothing more than the third political party. i love and respect president barack obama love him there's a thousand things he did and said that i celebrated and celebrate today there is a thousand things he did and said that i completely disagree with i love and respect president donald trump There's a thousand things he has done and said that I completely agree with. But there is a thousand things that he has done and said that I could not disagree with more if I had to. Just this week. I opened Twitter and I said, you've got to be kidding me. And I longed for President Barack Obama. But I can also think at times when I remember hearing President Obama give an eloquent speech that I thought, my God, the man, if he read the phone book, I'd listen to it. But I completely disagreed with what he said. That doesn't mean I want to throw him in hell. And it doesn't mean I want to throw President Trump in hell. What it means is I want God to hold the hearts of our leaders. What it means is I'm not a Republican and then a Christian. What it means is I'm not a Democrat and then a Christian. What it means is I'm not white and then a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I said earlier, you get to choose Jesus, but you don't get to choose the paint on your skin. I wasn't born and said, no, I'd rather be brown. I wasn't born and said, can we, can we switch this out? I was just born. I didn't ask for it. No African-American asked and said, I hope I'm born black. They're just born. Who chose? God didn't make a mistake with you. God didn't go, oops, I made another brown one. Oops, I made another white one. God didn't make a mistake when he chose the time you would be born. I've heard idiots say this my whole life. I was born in the wrong generation. You said God made a mistake. God can't make a mistake. I didn't ask God to be six foot four. (laughs) I didn't choose that. I didn't choose to be born in East Texas. I didn't choose to have some conditions in my body growing up that were challenging. I didn't choose to start having knee problems at 11. 11. But I chose Jesus. I chose Him. So I'm far less concerned about what you didn't and couldn't choose than I am about who you can choose. Because when you get born again, it's all crimson red. White as snow, the Bible says, washed. When you get born again, that was your choice. And you can't keep dragging the world into the body of Christ with the standpoint of saying, okay, world, you can come and oh, by the way, bring all of your idiosyncrasies and guilds and bins with it and we will change the word of God according to that. You have to say... I'm all in. I'm giving the whole thing over. I'm not scared to talk about it. I'm not scared to talk about him. I'm not going to be pressured because somebody with influence is trying to pressure this and pressure that. I'm not going to be pressured. This is my pressure point. I've seen so many people grab random Bible verses and try to use them for their total motivation over the last week that it sickens me not every situation but lots of the situations I could say I could point out 10 reasons why it's out of context so for the church we must hold our ground and that ground is love That ground is this book. That ground is the Lord Jesus Christ. That, loud, that, that ground is all nations. It would be a closer translation to today's vernacular to not just be all nations like Peru, Ecuador, you know, Bolivia, whatever. It would be more of a definition of all nationalities, all races were represented. If all you have is white friends, it will be very difficult for you to have any kind of understanding of black experience. If all you have is black friends, it will be very difficult for you to have an understanding of white experience, or let me ref- word it differently. An experience that a white person may have that would make it challenging to understand your frustration. If all you have is brown, friends, how many other colors we got? Is that it? It's a pretty good spectrum. Huh? They're precious in the sight. Got it. Pink. There's not many of us. We stand out in the crowd. But if that's all you have and that's all you go to church with, I don't mean that as a, any kind of a at or a point at anybody. I'm just saying it makes it very challenging to understand someone's plight and what brought them to their place of rage and anger, because if we're really honest Oh, I love this book. For really honest, everybody has something they're passionate about that they would or currently overlook somebody on the extreme end of it because they are passionate about it. Whatever that cause may be, for instance, people that love, people. The, the concept of PETA, people for the ethical treatment of animals. Who in here is not necessarily the organization, but you just think, I think ethically treating animals is a good idea. Two people think treating animals ethically is good. <laughs> New message next week. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that I think it would be right to go and spray paint A 78-year-old lady walking down the road with a fur coat on. Nor do I think it would be wrong to wear a fur coat. But more than one thing can be accurate at a time. I want animals treated humanely and ethically. But I also don't think it's wrong to wear a fur coat. But many people in that movement will totally ignore all of the The overwhelmingly extreme elements because of how passionate they are about one element so when you see somebody that's refusing to speak up that may or may not be African American because if you watch the news it looks to me like the United States of America in the streets it's not just black people it's not just white people it looks like it looks like it looks like everybody in the streets. So when you hear somebody and they're refusing to just get vehement about condemning riots, which is what you want, you have to understand their passion level. Their passion level may not be at the point of somebody who kicks in windows. Or they wouldn't agree with that necessarily. But at the same time, they're saying, I don't want, I don't want the topic changed because a certain segment is kicking out windows. I want the topic discussed just at the exact same time, just at the exact same time. If, if you're watching and somebody says, You know, oh my gosh, it's hateful that he was, that George Floyd was murdered in the street. And then all of a sudden, the next question, which again is low-hanging fruit for the news media, but what did he do before that? Who cares? You put a man on the ground with his hands behind his back and put your knee on his neck for 10 minutes, that is, in my opinion, first-degree murder, not third-degree murder. what he did up to that point when i was a kid we fought i'm not saying this was correct we just did i grew up in sports what happened in the locker room oftentimes wasn't even talked about i'll meet you such and such at such and such time but there was some kind of a code i don't even know where it was when there wasn't a coach or a teacher around to break it up it just broke up once it was obvious that somebody was beat somebody somebody made it happen and most of the time it it wasn't even a bunch of people pulling somebody off of somebody it was just the concept of that person stopping but but something in society has changed so far it took prayer out of schools they threw people in jail for opening up their hair salon They told you you can't go to church. Who's they? I don't know. Fill in the blank. They said a baby is not a baby. Oh, again, that's a little hanging fruit for most Christians. Yeah, no abortion. I just want to be clear I'm I'm not for abortion but I'm also pro-life at any age life does not become less valuable outside the womb life does not become less valuable when it hits 40 years old I'm not going to be outlandishly passionate about that and then ignore atrocities for people who are walking around but our nation has, has, has drifted away so far from this you remember, you remember Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and said, this is that. This is what the prophet spoke of. God's going to pour out His spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Do you remember 30, 40 years ago? Some of you. When people started saying, you take prayer out of schools. The, the, the generations are going to be, are going to be just, just challenged at a higher rate than ever the same way the word of God works this way it works the other way too when you decide to go away from it this is that this is the demonic this is that this is the demonic manifesting when every video game is about mass murder and kicking in windows and stealing cars and everybody celebrates it And the more you get to do it, the better you are and the better you are, the higher you go in the game and then you can talk to your friends online with with it in your ear and do it. You say, oh, it's just a video game. Nonsense. The windows to your soul are right here. And then it's celebrated at the highest level. We laugh at Tim Tebow kneeling and praying in the end zone and we celebrate And we celebrate everybody who makes a movie that glorifies mass murder. Just do a head count the next time you watch your favorite movie of how many murders you see. You and your reborn self might be able to dissect those realities. But every person on the planet is not born again. And every person on the planet cannot dissect those realities. This is that. We are seeing the demonic play out. So America may or may not move forward with this. My belief is that it will. My my desire is that it will. But the church is not America. I'm going to say that again so it's plain. The church is not America. America, I hope, is a place of freedom for a thousand generations you cut me open red, white, and blue falls out but the church is not America any more than the Israelites were Egypt any more than the Israelites were Rome when Rome overthrew Jerusalem but when we so interweave who we are with what the pundits and the talking heads and the politicians say we get away from this many Christians can out quote the Bible with what they read on foxnews.com this is that we are seeing it there's a guy they call him and it's probably a group call him anonymous it's the name he has anonymous means faceless basically no specific identity is James in here bring him in here for me Ray Rios why don't you come up here There's a guy named Anonymous. Come on up on the platform, my brother. There's a guy, they call him Anonymous and he he wears a mask and he talks through an encoder and he's an anarchist and he constantly, it doesn't matter what the cause is. Generally, it's always anarchy. Many, many, many anarchists follow this guy. And I, I could pick up anything to talk about right now, but I, I find this incredibly eye-opening it's been years since he's made a statement and he releases these short videos with a with an anarchist mask on and then he says these things and many of the anarchists follow it he's like their uh, he's like their uh, a, a spokesman for anarchy probably not voted in but you know what I'm saying and he goes yesterday and he releases something he hadn't released in years and he's like, you know, we're going to burn. Basically, I'll, I'll summarize it, you know, this, this is going on forever. We're going to do this, whatever. And he always ends it with something like, expect us. But he said, something that, he said something that I've never heard anybody say with that level of prominence. Right before he said, expect us, he said, we are legion. I live by this book. You can quote it for your benefit or you can find something to quote it that's not for your benefit. You can find what God said in this book and you can find what the devil said in this book. And if you decide to quote what the devil said in this book, you identified whose team you're on. There was a man possessed by 6,000 devils. And Jesus said, who are you? He said, I'm legion. I don't need a sign bigger than that. I'm like the prophet of old who looked and the Bible said his servant saw a cloud in the sky the size of a man's hand and he saw that as a sign of a raging storm that was approaching. The size of a man's hand. Think about that. Blue sky, size of a man's hand and the prophet took off running and said we're all going to drown if we don't move. It doesn't take a huge sign to know. I don't need much of a sign to know when the devil is the devil. When he starts quoting the devil in the Bible, he's the devil. Make sure I'm clear on that too. I don't mean he's literally Lucifer. I don't know. But I guarantee you he's not operating by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't talk like that. Jesus doesn't talk like that. So more than anything, we need The church to be the church. We need the church to rise up in unity. But at the exact same time, more than one thing can be accurate at a time. Desiring change, desiring change is one of the fundamental things that's going to help us change as a nation. But it's also important to remember the church didn't kill them. The church didn't kick in the windows. They were rioting in Rome when Jesus walked the earth. They were rioting in Jerusalem before he was killed, after he was killed, after he was resurrected. Both people with a good cause and people with a bad cause. This is not the first time this has happened on planet earth. Don't be so polarized that it has that it's us and them indefinitely. Because Jesus is not like that. Jesus is not like that. Every time they tried to exclude him, he just drew a bigger circle try to exclude me you can't exclude me i do love you even if i don't agree with you i got great friends every different background usually we agree 99 percent of the time but if it's only 90 or 80 percent of the time it doesn't mean i don't love them because i disagree with a portion of what they believe and are and are willing to overlook something else for because their passion level is so high We need the church to be the church. Let me tell you what the church is called to do, and this is what we're fixing to do. The church is called to pray. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Doesn't say if my people that are white? Does it say if my people that are black doesn't say if my people that are any other color on the spectrum. It says if my people that are called by my name. If you're called by his name, just say that's me. If you're called by his name, just write it in the comments. Say that's me. Humble themselves. What do you mean humble? It means understand your life experiences are not the only life experiences on earth. James has had encounters that I've never had we've talked about some but I'm not going to be so dogmatic and haughty in my position that is predicated by my experiences at least in part to ignore his position that is predicated by his experiences Ray is just a tiny bit older than me and has significantly different experience than I have we've talked about some I can't be so arrogant to take my own position and opinion as the only one when the reality of it is I'm called if we want God to heal our land we must understand it is not the white praying it's not the black praying it is everybody called by his name to pray And it also means we can't leave out the other part of the recipe, which is to humble ourselves. James, man, I've never experienced that. I sympathize with it to the best of my ability. I pray for your children. I pray for your son. I long that those days would be a day in the past. If I disagree with you on a point, it doesn't mean that I don't love you and it doesn't mean that I'm not sympathetic to the rest or even what you're telling me right in this very moment. But what I do know is I can never, ever, ever connect with him if I'm not humble enough to do that. It's not us and them in the body of Christ. Humble themselves and pray. That's what we're going to do. Seek his face. And then the last part of the recipe, turn from their wicked ways. There has to be change. Because many of the ways are wicked. And if we don't turn from our wicked ways, there is, this is for the the, the nation. There's no promise God will heal our land. We can pray till we're blue in the face. Don't turn from our wicked ways. There'll be no change. God doesn't heal the land. Is that what the Bible says? God doesn't heal the land unless we turn from our wicked ways. Keep excluding Jesus from everything and why would he show up? Keep excluding Christ from everything. Why would he show up? Keep arguing about whether or not this is one nation under God and and see if he'll show up. There's no history of that. There's nothing in the Bible that indicates that shoving God away is the time that he shows up. There's no place in the Bible where you tell God to leave and don't talk to our children. And God moves in a mighty way. Exactly the opposite. When people turn from their wicked ways... When people pray, when people they're humble, when people humble themselves, when people that are called by His name join together, then He heals our land. Then He hears us. There's not even a promise that He hears us if we don't turn from our wicked ways. Oh God, bless my family, and you're cussing your wife out every day. It ain't happening. Period. This is what I'm talking about. When you're when you're saved for twenty years, but you stay an inch deep. And you go, well, I don't know why. You know, it happens for other people. Other people are blessed. Ah." Did you turn from your wicked ways? I'm talking as much to the nation now as I am anything else. You want God to heal our land? Oh, Christians, pray. How about we turn from our wicked ways? What's wicked? Us and them. Us and them. That's wicked. That's wicked. That's demonic. Us and them. That's demonic. So how do you get over it? Only one way. Revelation. You have to get a revelation from God to get over what you've experienced. A revelation of the love of God. A revelation that God loves me as much as he loves James and Ray. A revelation that God loves Ray as much as he loves me. A revelation that God loves James as much as he loves Ray. That God doesn't look down and see all the dissections that we see because of our experiences. God doesn't see that. God sees children at war in their own family. Brothers and sisters at odds. That's what God sees. But if we'll do that. Can I say it differently? If we don't believe this, then we can't believe John 3, 16. Because it's either all true or get rid of it. I found him to be true. I've heard people say this. I think it's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard in my whole life. So I'm gonna look in the camera when I say it. I've heard people say this stupidity. Well, what do I have to lose? I can live for God. And if I'm wrong, hey, had a pretty good life. That's not faith. I've seen him move too many times to doubt whether he's there. I've seen him heal. I've seen him deliver. I've seen him restore. I've seen the most staunch drug head delivered in an instant when every counseling session failed. I've seen marriages restored in a moment. I've seen divorces restored in a moment. I've seen people repent to one another and God restore relationships and situations. I've seen people delivered from crack cocaine, drugs and alcohol. I've seen people delivered from tobacco. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen ears open. You can't tell me God's not real. So if God is real, then he'll do what he said his book, what he said he would do in his book. And what he said he would do is if you and me, those who are called by his name would humble ourselves one to another and we would pray and turn from our wicked ways then he would hear us from heaven I believe God can turn this thing around before Monday morning but it takes the people of God praying I love it that he didn't say I'll heal the kingdom because the kingdom don't need healing he'll heal the land which is where we currently live live we ain't gotta have everybody be a christian but we do have to have all the christians be christian so we're gonna pray i know it's pentecost sunday and two weeks ago i was looking forward to it from the standpoint of i can't wait to preach on pentecost one of my favorite things but the world has changed in a week and I think it causes us and calls us to change for the better, not to repent of something we didn't do, but to know what is right and to not do it to him, That's sin. In other words, you can not do something that is right. And that's a sin also doing something wrong is a sin, but not doing something, you know, you ought to do is also a sin. And I'm not saying anybody in this room done that or anybody watching online, but I do think there's never been a time in history in our lifetime At least the last 40 years. To do some soul searching. Where do I really stand? Is it this book and then everything else? Or is it here's my beliefs and then I try to put the Bible in line with that? Because we want change. The only way we're going to have change. Is we're going to have to do what the word says. Red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in His sight. Even all the pink preachers too. I'm going to ask my brothers to pray. Because when we pray, when we humble ourselves, when we turn from our wicked ways, then He hears us from heaven. And He heals our land. There's no time in my life that we need our land healed more than right now. If there's anybody with me, can you just give God a hand of praise this morning? Stand to your feet. Brother Ray, if you would, just start us off in prayer. However the Lord would lead you.
2: Heavenly Father. Every hand lifted. We thank you for this day, Lord God. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for your tender mercies that are new every single morning, Lord God. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that your grace abounds, Lord God. Father, I would ask that uh, this day, Lord God, so much has been going on over the last three months, Lord God. But Father God, we trust and we believe in you, Lord God, knowing that you are the beginning and the end, Lord God. And in this situation, Lord God, that we would not see only that the blood of Jesus paid the price and that we all long for the truth Lord God set your nation free Lord God set every person free Lord God and heal this land Lord God and it's in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray Father God Amen Hallelujah
3: Father we just thank you we love you God We love you more than our ethnicity. We love you more than the color on our skin, Father. We love you more, Father God, than our ideas, our opinions, Father God. We love you more than the state of what we see with our natural eyes, Father. Replace our vision, God, with the eyes of Christ. Let us look out, Father God, and see what you see. Let the words of our mouth, Father God, come out, Father, from our hearts, Lord that beats your love let us filter and temper God our response to this world based upon the kingdom mentality father God let us not be swayed by the people or or by a movement father God but let us be moved only by your spirit God let our foundation be rooted in love God this world can change this land can change God but it starts with us being grounded in love I believe, Father God, we believe that you're still good. We believe that you're still good. We believe that you still love, that you still are present, Father God, that you're still moving. You didn't stop just because this world got chaos, Father God. But right now, even more than ever, through the pandemic, through the injustices, God, you are still good. We don't see division, Father God. We see love. We see love. God is love, and therefore we love. Help us to connect with those that look like us and those that don't look like us. Help us to love through our emotions, Father. In Jesus' name we pray.
1: Father, we give you our whole hearts once again we recommit ourselves to the cause of your kingdom. Lord, we declare that we're called by your name. We're one people. Christians are one people. We decree and we declare, Lord God, that you are the alpha and the omega. You're the beginning and the end that you who have started a good thing. You're going to finish it. We believe you still have much to do We still believe the kingdom has much to do. We still believe as believers we have much to do. And we're asking you, Lord God, as we humble ourselves one to another, as we humble ourselves to say, I may not have the same experience with you and I might not even have the same opinion as you right now, but I'm choosing to walk humbly before you as a human being and as a member of the kingdom of God. I choose in the name of Jesus Christ and we choose in the name of Jesus Christ to by faith turn from our wicked ways. We're asking you, Lord God, to expose any area of wickedness in us that we might turn from it because we know, Lord God, that once we do that, then we have the opportunity to position to petition you and to pray. And when we pray, Lord God, that your Bible promises and every promise in your Bible is yes and amen, that then and at that time, you will hear us from heaven and you will Will heal this land. Lord I'm asking you to heal the land of the United States of America and I'm asking that oil to not stop here but I'm asking for it to flow through the north border, the south border and to cross the seas and to cross the oceans and that revival would engulf the world. I come directly against the spirit of legion in Jesus name and I decree and declare that the gifts of the spirit of the living God will begin to come out and the fruit of the spirit will begin to flow Lord God and I decree and I declare that the kingdom of God will look exactly how you called it to look, that people from every nation, every background, every race would be represented, that we wouldn't judge each other by the color of our skin, that we would also look, Father, at each other's heart to know that the same Jesus that saved us, same my brother and sister that might not have the same background, might not have the same disposition, and might not have the same ethnicity as me. I decree and declare over the United United States of America and I speak to the storm that is called legion and I say peace be still in Jesus name Lord, let change come to our systems and our politics that represents the kingdom. Let the righteous rule and reign. Let those that rule and reign in this region, in this area, in this state, in this nation, be bloodlot, born again kingdom believers. We're asking that the Bible would be held on high. We're asking in Jesus' name that the name of the Lord Jesus Christ would be held at a place of respect and not petitioned down to a place of a cuss word. We pray in the name. Of Jesus, I pray against every person that's developing demonic movies and demonic video games that are altering the moral the moral compass of those that don't know you yet. And I'm asking you, Lord God, to give us eyes, ears, and wisdom to be able to reach those that don't know you yet, that they may be washed by the same blood that we are washed by, that their morality may be based on the Word of the Living God and not based off of a hot topic that was on some cable news channel I decree and declare the word of the living God is above it is not beneath any other thing I decree and declare that the name of Jesus is strong enough to bring settlement to the strongest and most severe storm I decree and declare that the name of Jesus has not lost any power and I decree and declare that our best days are not behind us but our best days are in front of us and if you agree with that can you give God a big shout of praise. Father, we thank you for your hand in our life and for your son. We thank you for your book. I thank you for every brother and sister I have, those that look like me and those that don't. And I'm asking you, Lord God, to do what only you can do. Let peace fill our land once again. Better than ever with all the change that is appropriate. In Jesus name. And all God's people said, amen. Let's give God a big hand right there.
0: I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.